you can build a really remarkable business and get really, really rich if you're just listening. So in terms of picking a niche market, go where you seem to be wanted. That's why like if like 10 people come out and they say, live your greatness, like, you know, Lewis Howes, Tony Robbins, they both will attract a different person under the live your greatness umbrella because it just seems to be the case that nature is abundant and or plentiful if you listen to it it'll give you what you need and more we stand today the business method the business with method. a shout the business method the business method podcast the business method podcast featuring chris reynolds Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue. And now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results, economies, and cultures. There's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this, and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method hello listeners welcome to the show or welcome back to the show i'm glad you're here today's guest is dane maxwell and if you do not know dane maxwell and you're an entrepreneur i think you absolutely should he has made some significant impacts in entrepreneurship especially online entrepreneurship especially in the SaaS world over the past decade or so And he is the founder of a really cool organization called The Foundation. This is a program that helps, that is designed to teach entrepreneurs how to build profitable SaaS businesses. And he is also has started 16 businesses over the past decade or so. Currently runs a multi-million dollar SaaS business called SwipeMyIdeas.com. Also the founder of PaperlessPipeline.com and MyAgentBase.com and FearNoFeeling.com. He's an author of a book that's going to be released here pretty soon. And uh, what was really interesting about this podcast, you guys, is that I had a bunch of notes about talking about his business growth and his companies and his journey. And uh, we really didn't end up talking about any of that. What we ended up talking about is listening. And Dane has this really cool philosophy and mindset and process around being a better listener and how if you tune into listening better, how you can 10x, 20x, 100x, whatever your business in a rapid period of time. And one of the things he talks about is that most of us are in resistance to listening. We want to speak and what we want to tell instead of just opening up and being like uh, listening and seeing what's coming our way and then creating copy, creating uh, a business, creating uh, funnels all around understanding what people are asking for, even though we're not doing a very good job at it. And we dive deep. He processes my listening ability, talks about you know a possible uh, product or service that I might want to buy on the podcast. And he takes us through this process working with me one-on-one and is really, really awesome. 
one of the other things I wanted to say about Dane is that he actually retired from entrepreneurship. He's not, he's not that old. He's in his 30s. He retired from entrepreneurship to follow his passion after listening to himself for many, 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 many months and years to become a musician. And he's released his third album, and he actually sings on the podcast too, which is pretty good. He's a great singer. So uh, you guys, this is a really good episode. Most of us out there in the field, in the hustle of entrepreneurship, we're not listening. Most people actually in the world are not that great listeners. We're not taught to be great listeners. Society doesn't teach us to be great listeners. It teaches us to impress and to speak and to fit in in many ways. And so this episode, I think, can change business for so many people out there. Actually, it can change your life too, even if you're not in entrepreneurship, and I highly recommend it. And uh, right before we start the podcast, you guys, I first want to tell you about our current sponsor, NomadX.com. I'm really glad to have these guys on board as our sponsors because not only are they friends, but they're providing a really amazing service for location-independent entrepreneurs and digital nomads around the world that makes our lives so much easier. At NomadX, you can find apartments, bedrooms, or co-living spaces in Portugal to rent on a monthly basis. They are completely equipped for digital nomads and remote workers, 50% more affordable than Airbnb. But that's not all. NomadX, you guys, has an inclusive community of like-minded people, so you never feel lonely while traveling through the country and spending time in major cities. NomadX has so many events for guests and the local communities. They have weekly dinners, meetups, workshops, masterminds, ecstatic dance parties, yoga, meditation retreats, and so much more. Globally, you can find the NomadX Facebook group, a lifestyle community for digital nomads where you can get all the tips to help you on your journey. But that's not all. They're fully operating in Portugal and will soon be launching in Bali. Get all the details at nomadx.com. That is nomadx.com. And now let's jump back into today's podcast. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Listeners, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to introduce Dane Maxwell. He has been an entrepreneur for over 10 years and has started 16 businesses in his career. He is the founder of the famous found co-founder of the famous Foundation, a program designed to teach entrepreneurs how to build profitable SaaS businesses and currently owns a multi-million dollar SaaS business called swipemyideas.com as well as paperlesspipeline.com, myagentbase.com and fearnofeeling.com. And Dane found uh, found that building a business around a painful problem to be extremely lucrative, he taught people not to follow your passion, but to follow the pain and become passionate about the process of problem solving. Nowadays, he has a love-hate relationship with teaching entrepreneurship because while building a business that solves people's problems is financially rewarding, it's not always fulfilling, and I have some experience with that myself. So he has recently had an awakening and has chosen to retire from business to develop himself as a singer-songwriter. Dane Maxwell, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? That's good. That that story is like probably like three years old. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. So... Tell me what I got wrong. Well, um, I have mostly a love, love relationship with that process at this point. There might be some love hate, but I've retired out of music after my, so I released my third album. And then when my third album came out, 
Thanks. Yeah, it was cool. And my third album came out. I sat back and listened to it. I was like, dude, this sounds so good to me anyway. Like I was, I was enjoying it. And you know, like Kanye West listens to his stone music. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really liked it. I really, I was like, you know, I was like, I feel complete. This expression feels complete. And in one of those songs, I wrote a song about Martin Luther King, Steve Wozniak, and um, man, uh, Michelangelo, sculptor, the guy who did the Sistine Chapel. And all three of those guys, they didn't choose their destiny, so to speak. Like they didn't choose, like Michelangelo was asked by the Pope to paint the chapel. And he was like, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. No, he, he ran. He ran to Florence for two years. Could you imagine? Like the Pope. Yeah. Like that'd be like President <laughs> nope. Obama, like a, a good a good president, like President Obama, uh -huh. like being like, "Yo, hey, yo, Chris, can you like do this thing?" And you're like, "Ah!" And you like flee for two years, <laughs> go hide out in South America, and he keeps chasing. You know, it's like, "Come on, Chris." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's what the that's a, that's what Michelangelo did. Martin Luther King was just going to be a pastor. And then Steve Wozniak was just going to work at Hewlett Packard, you know, and then these things came along in life. Like, so, you know, in the song, it's like, you know, Michelangelo had his own ideas, but life had another. So, you know, he laid on his back for us to look up and wonder. And, and so like, you know, this whole concept of, you know, and then it was like, you know, uh, you know, King, King had his own ideas, but life had another. So he literally laid down his life to save all his brothers and, you know, and like, so these guys had their own thing. So music was my idea. And then as I was doing it in the third album and it kind of came completely a huge, but subtle uh, karmic duty, if you will, to educate in the world of entrepreneurship. And so I had a book publisher contact me and they asked if I'd write a book and my whole being was like, yes, absolutely. Um, and then so as the third album completed and the book started and then this whole new brand called Start From Zero is coming out. And I don't really feel like I came up with the name Start From Zero. And it's not that far off from like starting from nothing, which was our old podcast. But I heard Start From Zero kind of floating out in the, in the conscious field. And I chose to steward that idea and build it. You know, like um, My Michael Jackson was like asleep late at night and he got this vision of doing butterflies in his concert. So he woke up at like 4 a.m. and went down to his production manager. He's like, we got to get butterflies in our show. He's like, Mike, Michael, it's 4 a.m. What are you doing? He's like, no, we don't. If we don't do this, Prince is going to take the idea. Because both Michael and, Mike Michael and Prince were both pulling ideas from the cosmic field. The, the, the conscious field um, there's there's ideas I mean it's it sounds it could sound crazy to you but if it sounds crazy to you you're just ignorant truly yeah so it's wild and you're not ignorant in a, in a you're not being an idiot you're just ignorant to how life works like these I like you if you ever wonder like I had that idea all right it came to you you chose not to steward it so the idea went to someone else yeah it's like a big big um, bucket of you know those uh, lost and found boxes? Yes. Right? That are just floating away. Like if you don't take it, you know, from the lost and found box, and maybe maybe somebody else will. Yeah. I would consider if you've been given an idea, consider it as a gift. And then also you don't have to build it. You don't have to do that. But start from zero just felt so congruent with the message I want to 
present to people that if they're insecure, if they're not confident, if they struggle with self-esteem, if they feel ugly and worthless and rejectable and like they can never add value in the world, or if you just don't feel like you could ever make something that someone would pay for. I love showing those folks how to start from zero and also successful people that don't have those problems either. What's your process of having, you know, because quite often for me anyways, like too many, uh, many ideas will come my way and I have to choose one, choose one direction. So um, I have my own little process, but I'm curious, like what's your process of deciding which idea is the, the path you're going to take? I mean, it's usually really clear. Uh, it's usually really clear if, if it's not, it's some, it's actually like, you know, self-sabotage is very, is very humbling. Cause I can, I'm seeing areas where like, I thought I was doing something and then I realized it was literally self-sabotage. So I think, um, having too many ideas and not knowing which one to pick is a form of self-sabotage. Uh, it's a form of hiding that you either don't believe in yourself which is totally understandable and okay and something to really love. If you don't believe in yourself, it's not something to, Hey, you don't believe in yourself. Aha, beat yourself up. No, it's like, use that as recognition. Like if you have like, Oh, I got 10 ideas and I can't choose which one to pick and newsflash probably creating so many ideas because you're scared to fail. Slash, you don't believe in yourself. So I, I generally think that if I'm, if I'm caught in something like that, where I have so many ideas and I'm not sure which one to pick, it's a, it's a subtle form of uh, keeping myself paralyzed with self-sabotage. Um, in the case where they're, you know, yeah, it just seems really clear for me when I'm not, I could be full of shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, what's your process? Like, what's your, what's your experience on that? Uh, I actually learned this from a, another podcast guest. It's, um, and I, I did a Vipassana retreat recently and it helped clear this up kind of my cool. process is what's happening, but, um, write down on paper, uh, what you're thinking of or the ideas that have come to you. And then one, one or two will start to stand out more. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just circle those and you kind of lean into that. And what I've, what I learned at the, the meditation great. retreat was that, you know, we have a, um, and you talk about this too, but it's our restless minds that are keeping us away from making those decisions and giving us more and more ideas. So to keep our, our minds restless in this continual pattern, continual pattern. And, um, but, you know, if you do meditation, you do these things that can calm those, keep your mind calm more often. Those, those ideas you're supposed to go with, uh, and the clarity becomes much easier. I think I'm somewhat blessed because, um, my coping strategy is to take action. Yeah. Yeah. And build stuff. Yeah. I, um, I would have a, like, I would have a difficult time writing all the ideas down and thinking about them. Like I would, I would spin out doing that. And I think it's a great process, really useful. Like if I had like five or 10 ideas written down, um, I guess it just goes against the way that I'm built. Cause, um, so with my book that's coming out, um, one of the first things I teach in that book is we don't get to decide what works. So since we don't get to decide what works, why are we going to pick the idea? Um, so my, yeah, but I mean, you could pick a, an idea that you could then sub pick something that people could pick for, like you could pick a general direction and stuff, but yeah, my, my general thought is to stay, and I'm even trying to do this at a whole new level is to, is to turn off my desire to know and 
live in a state of receptive curiosity around what people are really asking for um, and then building and then just kind of building that. Um, it takes, you know, if you, if you really can listen, um, that will, that can build your entire business. That can build, that can, it can build, it can build how you write your advertisements. It can build how you create your products. It can, it can build how you hire your team. Um, Cause you could, let's say you're wanting to hire an epic operations manager or something. And so you go out and talk to operations managers and you say, Hey, look at a talk to operations managers, interview them and see what their life is like. And you're not trying to hire them. You're just interviewing them. You say, so what do you like about your job? What don't you like? What do you like about your boss? What don't you like? Um, what do you wish you could do more of? When do you feel most alive? When do you feel most bored? What are your life goals? And like, you might ask those questions, like three operations managers and just listening to them, how killer of a job ad you could write to an operations manager. Like you want to talk about guaranteeing your success. You could do that and you'll hire an epic operation. When it comes to customers, like, you know, say you're just, you know, most people ask me like what niche they should go into or what market they should go into. And a lot of times I will just tell them like, where, where do you seem like you're most wanted in the world? It's a great response. Uh, yeah. Cause <laughs> my, my, one of my buddies is like, yeah, you know, he's like, I tried accountants and I tried this and I tried this. He's like, but you know what? Like who keeps coming to me? Women, women just keep coming to me. And so he ended up creating a, a summit for women um, for public speakers, the female speaker summit. And he's made money with it. And it's like, he's got, we, he sent out emails to top public speakers and asked if they wanted to be interviewed. And like, it was, it was like energetically from like a, like a, like na nature is like very kind. If you listen to it, like, you know, it'd be virtually impossible for like a, 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 a domestic dog to like fight a lion but that's kind of what people do like they go and try and fight against a lion get slaughtered and then they think they're not enough or business is hard or difficult when it's like um you know I, I had a song written that I never did anything with but it was like you know um he didn't like which he didn't like which way the river was flowing so he grabbed his pick and shovel to change where it was going you know, and then 10 vampires sucked him dry as he fought the natural energy of life, you know, trying to change the way the stream is flowing. Just like put some, take some water on the top of the, it's kind of a cheesy song, so I didn't write it, but like um, some parts were, I liked it, but it's like, say you take like a jug of water and you put it on the top of a, a mountain and then you pour the water and you see which way the water is naturally goes and you build your business around that. It is, it's like, um, you know, it's what I'm trying to retrain my brain around and I'm currently exploring is not striving, not hustling, not struggling, truly listening and truly being relaxed with like zero agenda other than to, to build the business around the way that water moves down the mountain. So that means you have to know which mountain to climb up. And that means you have to know how to get the jug of water and pour it down. And those are, those are different processes you would learn. Build a really remarkable business and get really, really rich if you're just listening. 
So in terms of picking a niche market, go where you seem to be wanted, go where people are just like, nature's already trying to show you where, where you need to go. And yeah, it's really interesting. You know, some people just are really drawn to, to certain things. And, you know, that's why like, if like 10 people come out and they say, live your greatness, and they're all like, like, you know, Lewis Howes, Tony Robbins, these folks live your greatness. They both will attract a different person under the live your greatness umbrella because it just seems to be the case that nature is abundant and or plentiful if you listen to it it'll give you what you need and more so um, i really like the approach of building business this way and the thing that my edge right now i'm creating a course right now that may or may not work out and it's got me i have a fear response in my body around it and it's um helping Um, struggling entrepreneurs successfully make the identity shift to entrepreneur. So they feel the end of imposter syndrome and they feel like they belong because if you didn't feel imposter syndrome, how much, how much more quickly could you move? So I've got two people I've sold right now. um, And I was like, all right, how about, and I'll probably sell for a lot more later down the line. But since I'm insecure about the product and I'm insecure about the offering and it's a new thing for me, I feel very timid. So I was like, how does three grand for three weeks sound? I'm like, yep, sounds good. I was like, okay, cool. So I've got two people that I'm coaching right now, three grand for three weeks. And I've got this chart that we've developed from personal skills, sales game, and entrepreneurial game. And then I've got beginner, minor, major, and all-star across the top. And then they self-diagnose where they are on each of the 25 distinctions that I've come up with. And then we create drills, skills, and meditations to deepen into the all-star category in all four areas. Like there aren't products like this exist. They don't exist. It's kind of weird. Um, But I, I think it'll totally resolve the issue of people feeling foreign or other than entrepreneur. But it's not a um, join this and learn how to build a million dollar business. Um, And at the same time, three people in the last month have all mentioned to me, okay, thanks, Dane, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go work on my entrepreneurial identity now. I was like, so I'm listening to them. And I'm like, hey, would you like to do some, would you like to do a course on identity? And they're like, yes. Right. So I'm not, uh, it's not um, like some of the best businesses are built on the premise of let's see what happens. Some of the most disastrous businesses are built on the assumption that you'll be great. Like, and I did this with certain music things, you know, I went into music certain that I would be famous and that I'd want to be famous as a musician. And then as I started getting traction and started getting in there, I was like, I don't know if I want to be famous as a musician. Because the more famous I am, the more I have to tour, the more like the lifestyle of a musician isn't exactly as attractive as an internet entrepreneur. So I backed off. Um, I backed off. And, you know, one of my first vocal coaches wanted to introduce me to the president of Sony. You know, I was like, I really like your voice, Dane, and I want to introduce the president of Sony. And I was like, okay, thanks. You know, maybe in a couple of years when I actually feel confident about it. And as time went on, but what, um, I can't remember why I said that. I think I'll, I think I'll stop talking. <laughs> well, one thing that came up for me, Dane, is I'm curious, like, 
um, maybe some some examples or, or ways that you and you touched on a few of these, but ways that you would connect more with nature, as you right. as you mentioned, so people can hear um, which direction or become more aware of the people that are coming to them and asking them for X, Y, and Z. Thank you. What a great question, man. I mean, well, there's a beautiful life in front of every person. And it's more beautiful than what anybody else could say it would be. You know, like if, if I advised you on a direction to go, it probably wouldn't be nearly as beautiful as the place that your internal compass would be able to take you. And like, and probably a more abundant supply. Like this guy comes to me and he's like, all right, so what niche should I pick? I've got accountants and this and that. And I've got all these ideas for niches and all these ideas for paths he could go. But instead we went where was being shown. So I try to help people listen either to customers, listen to nature, listen to what's around, what's right in front of your nose that you're not seeing. Um, there are, so the example of the accountant and he like, he tried for, a year and a half to get accountants to talk to him. And he said, it's just been a pain in the, but the whole time he's like, but women just keep coming to me. It's so easy. It's so easy to talk to women. He's like, well, let's go that way. Um, there's all kinds of these different examples. I mean, my vocal coach, my, like I did five vocal coaches in four years. Cause you think each vocal coach is the best coach in the world. Then you hire the next one and you see all the other vocal coaches blind spots. And so um, he, he was being asked by his YouTube following to do voice reactions. Will you do a voice reaction? A voice reaction is where like they'll listen to a live singer, they'll pause it and then comment on their technique. Very popular kind of video. Um, people love, people love watching reaction videos because like they feel somewhat lonely in their reaction to a video and they want to see if someone else has the same reactions. They've shared common ground. That's my hypothesis. More reasons is that I imagine for three years, people, well, I don't know how three years for a long time. I think it was, I think it was years. People asked them to do these voice reactions, like nature, if, if you will, was like, ah, ah, come over here. You know, there's, there's gazelle over here. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. It's stupid. Voice reactions are stupid. And you know, he didn't do it. And so in three years, he had built a YouTube subscriber base of 3,000 people. He finally decided to do a few voice reactions. He ended up having so much fun doing them that he kept doing them. And in 90 days, he grew from 3,000 to 30,000 subscribers. So what took him three years to do, he did in 90 days just by listening to, let's call it nature. Um, but the, th the, the key component to this is you're generally in resistance to it. Um, I've lost probably an easy million dollars um, by ignoring a certain request with my customers where I had, I had a specific approach where I would say, okay, if you want to learn how to sell really well, um, study great sales letters. Like if you want to really learn how to sell, look at these top selling sales letters. Like here's a golf sales letter that sold $8 million of product. Go look at that. And they would be like, okay, how do you find the letters? How do you read them? How do you make sure you're understanding them? And I would sit there and just think they're idiots and be like, just Google top sales letters and read them. What do you need help with? And they kept coming. 
it kept coming, kept coming. And I just kept being like, just go to Google and search time. This is not rocket science, people. I'm trying to teach people how to build sophisticated software companies. I'm not going to show you how to use Google and read a sales letter. And that arrogance is costing me millions, at least a million dollars. Um, because a, a, another gentleman created a product that where you could pay like $300. He's more expensive now, $300. And then over 190 to 120 days, he would just email you a top sales letter every day. And then he would tell you how to read it and how to copy it. And that's all the product was. And he, and he, he really crushed with that. And that's literally someone paying $300 for a three month autoresponder um, because he listened. Now I didn't listen. So the key component really with listening is really first identifying where you're unconsciously arrogant. Cause you know, the, the vocal coach was like, no, you guys are stupid. I'm not going to do that. Me. I was like, no, I stupid. You. So, um, the first step in listening is really identifying this, this unconscious response that you have of rejecting what you're hearing. Um, and then once you've got that, I mean, you know, when Clay Collins built lead pages, you know, he was giving out free HTML templates on his blog and people on his comments were like, and lead pages is a huge landing page platform. I think they do 40 million a year or some crazy number who knows like, but they are well over 10 from what I understand. Um, and so, you know, uh, Clay is like would release these HTML landing pages in the comments. People will be like, how do you FTP? How do you unzip? How do you upload? What do you do with this and this and this? And Clay was literally pissed. He's like, well, I think it was, he said he was upset when we talked about it. And he's like, I'm giving you free HTML templates and you guys are asking for help with FTP. And his initial response was anger. Then he woke up and he thought, oh, and then he built lead pages but he was being asked to build it through nature indirectly. They weren't asking for lead pages. They didn't say, build me a landing page platform. They said, we're really upset with this. And he had to initially listen, really listen. Cause it's not like, Hey, Chris, go out and build X, Y, Z to the T. Here's every I, here's every T, here's a dot. Here's how to cross it. Here's how to dot it. Um, and so in these examples of listening, I mean, the next book I write is probably going to be called listen and grow rich. And it's not, it's not be impressive and go rich. It's not be intelligent and grow rich. It's not, um, it's not try to shove a product down someone's throat and become rich. It's not, which people do. It's not become slick at sales and grow rich. It's not get a degree and grow rich. It's not have money and grow rich. It's not even have ideas and grow rich. It's listen. And I don't mean like a little rich. I mean like, do what you did in 90 days, what took three years to do. Like what if you could make the same amount of money in 90 days that took you three years just because you started listening. And, and the things that people are asking for, like most, most folks are really like unconsciously arrogant about like, you know, it's, 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 it's um, myself included. So there are, uh, and I, in that listen and grow rich, I'll just probably, I was going to have as many examples as I can of when people listened where they were once resistant. You know, if you took the piano teachers and like, you know, a piano teacher comes in and the student sits down and the piano teacher says, all right, we're going to teach you how to play Mozart and Beethoven and Bach. And the, the kid's like, I just want to play the songs on the radio. 
And the teacher goes, oh, scoss, oh, disgusting. That's nasty. How dare you want to do something like that? And then you get the random piano teacher that's like, okay, we'll teach you how to play every song on the radio. And their studio is probably full of kids. But like you imagine like the, you know, the teacher that they, like we scoff. They're like, I want to play songs on the radio. Cause like, cause to the music, edu- the musically educated songs on the radio are disgusting from a composition perspective. Um, and so this takes quite a bit of wisdom. So when it comes to like, if you're looking to start your own business or your first business and you're either hiding behind a bunch of ideas and you're just unsure of which one to pick, well, go down all 10 of them you have and try and sell each one of them. The easiest one to sell is the one you build. Um, but the only two skills that you need that I've identified to be successful in entrepreneurship are selling and outsourcing which you know because you're listening to the podcast I've got, but selling and outsourcing. So it's not, it's, it's, it's not building the idea. That's not what makes a successful entrepreneur. It's, if, it's not if they can build the idea or not. It's if they can sell the idea and outsource because building the idea doesn't make you rich. Selling it does. So do you feel, you know, you, you've gone through this transition of retiring from entrepreneurship and, and becoming a musician um, do you feel that you felt like you were called to do that in some way? Do you feel like you were, you were called or you were listening when you originally became an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What was that experience like? Well, I was 11 failures and they were all my idea. So I just got listening beaten into my head, you know, 11 ideas I had failed. They were all my idea. The five ideas I built that succeeded were practically handed to me on a silver platter by listening and listening to your current clients. Yeah. The real yeah. estate broker, real, a real estate broker. And that was a journey of how many years for you? 12 years or something like that. Well, I was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I started when I was 21 or 22 and, um, I mean, what's your real, what's your question actually? Like how long did it take to figure out? Yeah. I'm still figuring it out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any any suggestions or or either processes or, or methods that you use to help you uh, listen better or even recognize when you're not listening? Let's have you tell me something that would be uh, I would know would be hard for me to hear. So this may require me to find something in you that may not be ideal like initially ideal for you to share okay but are you okay if we try yeah yeah okay what time do you wake up in the morning either in between 6 and seven thirty. okay and uh time are you in bed usually around 11. what's the first thing you usually do in the morning meditate second well i go to the restroom first and then i meditate second yeah. thing uh, second thing is I, um, usually do some stretching and third, stretching slash yoga. Third thing? Um, sit down get some water and sit down at the computer and start my, my deep focus sessions. And what do you do? What's, what do you do on your deep focus sessions? I focus on, um, the most important, uh, working on the business tasks for the week. That's in alignment with like my three month goals and bigger, bigger goals. So that's really good. That's all really fantastic. I mean, 
most people aren't doing that. So I was expecting you to be hogwashing your morning away. <laughs> and whenever you were, I would say that's really hard for me to listen to. So let's say like, you're like, I check my email first. Yeah. Which is a huge no, no. Sometimes I've slipped up. I'm not perfect. I do check my email in the mornings occasionally. <laughs> so what traditionally I could do is I'd say, don't do that. But that wouldn't be me listening. So what I would say is, um, if I really wanted to listen to this area, say, what's going on in your head on the days when you check email first? Mm, anxiousness, excited, maybe... Uh excited about um, an email or uh, sometimes I'll grab my phone and check test text or WhatsApps regarding business and uh, wanting to take care of that task before I sit down and do the three hours of not miscellaneous tasky stuff. So anxiousness. So I'm truly, really, what I'm really doing right now is I'm trying to listen. So what I heard is like, you know, you're anxious and or excited and you're looking to me a message, an email or text to find out some information before you begin the, th the three hours of focus work. Um, and um, how is that for you to share? To, to, how is that experience for you? Do you like that that happens or what do you, how do you feel about it? Sometimes I do. Um, you know, for example, like uh, I checked my phone earlier today because we had uh, this podcast going and I had two other coaching call and another call. Um, and I and I'm also making a purchase for the business that I'm really excited for. And so I wanted to make sure I knocked those out before I got into my calls. And um, your calls were the deep work that day then or for yeah so on monday i do my my coaching calls okay and those are the deep work usually in the morning but then the, the rest of the week is just like me on my own doing the, the deep great work. okay yeah and um and sometimes it's good but sometimes there is a rabbit hole that i can get sucked into is like checking email that doesn't matter or you know checking facebook messages that are about you know what we're going to do this weekend or whatever it's not pertinent to to the working on the business deep work that I focus on. So what's going through my head is, so when I ask the first question and we present, okay, so sometimes you check email and I ask to say, so what's going through your head? Cause I'm wanting to listen. And then my next thought, and I wasn't sure how to ask this at the time was, is this an important issue for you? Um, like, do you, do you feel this is a, a pattern that could interfere with your success? Yeah, it has in the past, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you, on, you, you be honest, yeah. like in all honesty, like, is it, does, is it that big of a deal that it happens? Nowadays? No, not as much. Cause I have much more control over it, but yeah, in the past, I'm sure it did. It's nice. Okay. So you said it's, you have much more control over it. Okay. So your experience is that these impulses may or may have to may happen, but then you control them and redirect your focus elsewhere. Is yes. that how that works? Yeah. Set up some boundaries for them until it becomes a habit. So I, I then have the new habit of spending the three hours in the morning in the morning, focusing on that work and then doing the emails and messages in the afternoon. Interesting. Um, so, 
as I'm listening, I'm experiencing like difficulty in my, in my belly. And I'm like, whoa, shit, this is, this is hard to listen. It's hard to listen because um, this is an area that I personally have pretty well mastered. Um, so the fact that you might still be developing this, like there's certain areas where I'm more developed than you. There's probably some areas where you're more developed than me, most likely. And, and it will, it's, it's actually 100% possible. And, and so because I have mastered this area and I consider it so trivial, I'm like, oh, who cares? I've got this figured out. Like, this is simple. Just, just don't look at that shit and just do your focus work. You know, um, those are my judgments coming up that interfere with listening. Um, because fact of the matter remains, probably 85, 95% of people probably check email first. Right. And so you're already in the 5% of people that don't check email first. Like if you look at, so if we look at the biological thing that happens in your brain, the chemical response that happens in your brain, when you check email first, your brain switches out of a state of being a proactive creator into a reactive responder. And like, so you fire that off first thing in the morning and you're no longer creating your reality or responding to it. So on a, on an, on a, on a spiritual level, on a physical level, on a mental level, it's like suicide for your brain if you want to proactively create. So I have this down so much. I have all these things in my head that interfere with my ability to listen. Um, this is going to happen for you guys as you're listening. You're going to notice, I don't want to hear this. Oh, you like they'll say something and you'll just want to fix it right away. And then you're, you're effed, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed if you want to fix it right away. Cause you could just say, Oh, I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I check my email first. So I'm like, well, let's knock it off. Right. But instead I'm like, what's it like for you? And you say, well, you know, I've got anxiousness or excitement about something and I want to make sure something's in place before I start work. I now have marketing copy. Right. So I have a headline that says like, um, are you someone that checks email before you begin work? Question mark. Um, have you, do you, do you know the feeling you wake up in the morning and you're anxious and excited to see your email? Cause you're, you're looking inside your email to decide how you should feel for that day. Not only is that suicide, but that actually sets your brain up to respond to life instead of create your life. Um, da -da 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 -da. Like, like I've got now marketing copy to speak to you because I listened at that, um, level. Um, but then as I kept listening, I was wondering, is this really a big deal for you? And you said it in the past it was, but I'm like, now is it? And you're like, yeah, not so much. I've got control over it. And then I hear, then I hear control. And I was like, okay, all right. So now I've got this next element where I would say like, okay, so every, every day we get so much willpower and willpower can be pretty difficult. Like for the most part, people that are overweight unfortunately they have not trained their willpower very well. Um, and if you happen to be not as happy with your weight, um, just with compassion, you can like just look at the root issue is general. Well, one of the root issues is probably a lack of willpower. Like you can't not eat the pizza or you can't, and you, and you rationally, Oh, it's fine. I'll just do this tonight or whatever. That's, that's low willpower. And willpower is willpower is a, can be a real pain in the butt. Anyway, Willpower is, is depletable. So this experience comes up for you and you have the desire to control it. You're now exerting some willpower. 
um, what if there was a possibility where you reconstructed the, the, how your brain fires and thinks that you didn't even have to exert control over it anymore because it actually wouldn't even be a pattern in your brain to check email. Right. Would that be of interest to you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So what I'm doing the whole time is I'm trying to stay in relationship with you and listen, and also trying to figure out something to sell you. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, selling, I, I see, I see selling as alignment, finding alignment. So, you know, if you're not interested in setting up your brain in such a way that, um, then I'm not going to try to sell you that. Right. Um, but so next, next, so, so now let's, let's, let's come up with a, a really uh, fair price for this. And since this is mock, it's a little easier for me than like, if it's like real, then I'm like, Oh God, this is, you know, some uncomfortable feelings here, you know, and you want to pay for it. How much are you going to pay for it? And all that stuff's pretty normal for me the first time I'm selling something. So since it's mock, it makes it a little easier. So let's just, I'll just say like on a gut level, what would you pay if you had the result where your brain just doesn't fire to check email and you don't even have to uh, use your precious willpower for that day to control that experience? Oh, um, first thing that came up was 1500 bucks. Okay. You're like, you're like the, you're like the ideal customer avatar. You can make this too easy. Uh, Yeah. Right. Well, you know, we have like four customer avatars for our, for start from zero. Um, We've got a guy we call Joe, then there's Hustler Harris, and then there's a guy called Young Blood. There's a, our customer avatar called Sass Juice. Like we've got these four customer avatars we speak to, and we know who to stay away from because they don't pay, they don't like paying as much as the other people, and they end up being more work. And it's not, it's not that the bad, it's just bad fits for us. You know, they might be good fits for other people. Anyway, you fit in the good customer avatar. i'll take that as a compliment yeah (laughs) well i mean i would i mean but like you know you're you're successful um you're you have you have um exercisable willpower you're disciplined and you have financial resources to invest in becoming better um i'm actually inclined to want to create that product for you um because i think a lot of other people would actually really benefit from it like how to get your brain to not fire to check email in the morning right well that's that's some of the things that we we specialize in and in our business is like helping people be more productive right and be better performers and but like that process you took me actually is fantastic it's really great um what'd you learn or what'd you notice or um um so yes, you were really good at listening and staying connected throughout the process. And um, what I was going to say is that um, that is isn't. I'm sure it took you a long time to. It did take you a long time to figure out how to be in that that listening state. Um, and it's an incredible talent to have. And the majority of people uh, aren't taught that or don't have that skill naturally. I think, which is then why they go out and try and copycat products. Mm -hmm. They go out and try and look for other ideas Mm -hmm. when in 10 minutes of listening to you, I've got a fairly innovative, probably never done before product that no one's ever seen. Mm -hmm. And all I had to do was listen for 10 minutes. Right. Right. You can be very innovative in your industry by just listening. Right. What would you, so if people wanted to grow their skills at listening and go and, and, 
take people through a process like that other than listening to your example that you just did um what are what you have any thoughts on well, let me ask you this how would you grow your listening skills more um to produce the results like you did walking me through that process you just did I, I would probably need to create a program for it. I don't think anything exists like what I'm thinking of, but what, what the idea was experiential practice while someone is able to point out your blind spots. Cause you would like, I'm talking, I'm thinking about accelerated listening and that would be, you're going to sit down with someone. You're going to ask them about their day. You ask them about the best part of the day. Well, so here's what you can do. So you have your lover or your partner or your friend or whatever, sit down with them and just start asking them questions and practice listening to them. And if you, notice how hard of a time you have listening. Like you're like, oh, I want to check my phone or, you know, I want to do this. And you're like, the, like that is your issue, not your friend's or lover's issue. So it's, it's essentially like understanding when things are difficult and letting them be difficult and still listening. So just start listening to people and, and then, and then see what happens and be very gentle with yourself. You're like, crap, I'm not actually listening to anyone. I'm not actually hearing anybody. I'm just engaged in a robotic conversation. Um, so if you just like have a conversation, like if you try to have one conversation a day where you're like, hey, how was your day? What was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? And you just listen and you repeat back what they say. And then maybe at the end of the day, you kind of reflect on it in a journal for, you'll see how crappy of a listener you are, or you'll see how good of a listener you are. Right. Um, and I really do, I have been thinking about, did I cut you off? No, 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 you're fine. Okay trying to listen here, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> Me too. I, uh, <laughs> I want to, I've been wanting to create a course um, called how to listen and speak to customers. Uh -huh. um, and I think it'll happen in the next five years, because if you really listen, your marketing just, <clears throat> just sales. Um, because you could say like, let's pick like a weird niche market. Like, um, how about like a nurse? And they're new, they're a new nurse and they haven't been really taught like how to be a nurse. And so like, they don't really have the right shoes for being a nurse. And so like maybe their feet really hurt. So you start talking to nurses about how their feet feel at the end of the day. And you're like, Hey, I'm talking to nurses. That's what I talked about your feet. Like what shoes do you wear? Do you like those shoes? How do your feet feel at the end of the day? What's the hardest part of the day for your feet? Do your feet hurt worse after lunch or do they hurt worse in the morning? Do they feel worse at the end of the day? Like what, tell me, take me through a day with a journey with your feet. You know, you're just listening to a nurse talk about their feet. Um, and then you find out that they like want this specific kind of shoe that's a little soft, but not too hard. And it keeps their heel just a little forward. So they're just a little more on the ball of their feet. So it burns them a little more calories or something, if that's even possible that way. And they're just kind of just walking around a little more forward. It keeps their brain more alert. It keeps their body. Like there's all these kinds of things that could happen. And so then you're like, all right, great. So then you go out and you go to Google and you search up a shoe manufacturer or shoe engineer, or you search about um, people, experts to make shoes and you find an expert to make your product for you because you should not be creating your own products. Uh, you can, um, but I find that the, the most exciting realms of entrepreneurship are where the entrepreneur is, is outsourcing their product creation. They have abundant sub supply of energy to sell, outsource, systematize, grow the business when they're not wrapped up in product creation. 
So anyway, you get the expert to create the shoe. Um, and then maybe you give them 20% equity in the business and they make it for free. Right. But now they're 20% equity. Now you got a product built for free, which is very possible to do. It happens and it has happened. And so then you go and you write to the nurse and you've got a letter to the nurse and it says, um, the best shoe for staying alert, awake and feet and pain free with your feet all day. The shoe designed by nurses for nurses. And then you show it to the nurse and you like come back and you say, Hey, so what do you think of this as the uh, advertisement? And they say, yeah, you know, that's nice, but you know, like I'm kind of happy with my shoes. Like how do I know the shoe's going to be any better or something? And then you go back to your ad and you say in quotes, um, how do you, I know that, how do I know this shoe's going to be any better? Question mark. And then you say, um, um, buy our shoe, pay only shipping for the first 15 days. And then if you don't love the shoe, it doesn't make your foot feel better, send it back and we'll let you keep some other bonus. But if you love it, do nothing and we'll bill you in 15 days. But we're so confident, but just to make sure it works, just pay shipping and we'll send them to you for free. Then you go back and you show the ad to the nurse. And the nurse is like, well, this is really nice, but you know what? I don't really like the color black. And you're like, okay. And so you come back over here and you say, oh, well, what color do you like? And they're like, well, you know, I'm kind of girly. So, you know, I really like the pink color. I say, great. And so then you start talking to nurses, what are the colors that you guys like? And then so you come back and write ad and you say, these shoes are available in pink, blue, and green. And you come back to the nurse and you show her the ad again. And she says, I like it. I would like to try them out. But you never um, see when people say business is really hard, what they're probably saying is that they're tired of guessing. And um, the most dangerous word in business, in my opinion, is to guess. And um, the most uh, important word in business, as I am now sort of well known for saying, is, is predictability. Predicting the success of the product, predicting the revenue. See, being an employee is actually very risky because as an employee, you have one stream of income. You could be fired at any time and you're not really in charge of your promotions. As an entrepreneur, you could have 10 streams of income. You actually have legacy level well set up for your family. And with the methodologies that now exist with entrepreneurship, such as listening, you really don't have to take great risks to start a business. It's actually quite safe. So um, I've, I've wanted to create a course for a while that could experientially take someone through creating five fictitious products and just coming back and forth iterations so they just kind of know it on their bones. That doesn't exist yet, but you could probably do a lot of what I just shared on your own. But that's, that's my approach to listening. And it's rooted in love. It's rooted in love. And I wrote down in my to-dos this week is to stop trying to impress people and just start learning and listening. Because my inclination is to really try to impress and to say what I know. Yeah. Um, and that's not do it. That doesn't do me well long-term. So I think it changes everything when you, you can shift from that, trying to impress to try to listen like the, the connection. I was thinking of a barbecue I was at this weekend and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm naturally curious to, to go and to learn about people and ask them about themselves, you know, and understand where they're coming from, what they're doing. And then, then the conversation always turns to, Oh, what do you do, Chris? And it's like, um, you know, then it shifts to like that, that, okay, I've got to, I've got to communicate what I do. And, um, 
if, and this is what happens with so many people so often, if somebody is like at this level and you're at this level, somebody's going to communicate to try it, to impress that person. So they think that they're on a similar level. Right. And in the practice of like, just, you know, being authentic, no matter what level you're at and true to, and, and sometimes like, I think it's a, um, a, a blocker or, or an insecurity that people, instead of like fully communicating what they do or what they're doing to continue to ask the other person about themselves. So the attention is on the other person instead of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just all of that. Yeah. It could be very tricky, uh, very tricky to talk about what you do. It is for, for quite a few people. Yeah. What would you say? So if I asked you, hey, Dane, what do you do? Oh, what man. do you say? Um, it depends on so many factors. Um, what context is this question on an airplane? It's like, ah, I'm in business, you know, but like what, what context are we in? Say, say you're just like at a, a social gathering, a barbecue of some friends and, uh, and somebody says, and you know, you're around uh, a bunch of like-minded people. on Oh, like-minded people. people. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do, Dane? Oh man. Well, I really love helping people and right now I'm showing people how to create companies from scratch and we specialize in a unique innovation and entrepreneurship where we don't lead with ideas. We lead with people and listening. Um, And that creates very innovative products and companies that are very profitable and have great moats around them and produce results for everybody. And it's done where you can, walk with wealth instead of having to reach for it. Um, and it's just a, a very regenerative nourishing process. Like if I'm, if I'm just, if I got some time, that's probably something like what I would say. And so compared to you say six, seven years ago, when you were in a, the hustle of building your businesses, what would your answer be back then? So I have a software company. Yeah. Say I, I, I own a software company. I, I, I had a guy, who's a local entrepreneur. Um, my yoga teacher introduced me and he's like, Oh, so-and-so this is, this is a guy, he does it, da, 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 da. And I was very insecure in that, in that moment. It was like in the morning and I wasn't feeling very good about myself. And, and he's like, what do you do? I was like, I own a software company, you know, highest lifetime customer values. It's a good business. Like I was full of pride. That was like two, three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I beat myself up for that for like half the day. And, um, I was like, what in the world? Why couldn't I just say I have an I have a mentoring and education company and you know the truth the truth of the matter is I've got so many different things that I could articulate to someone. It um it it's it's been a challenge, but I um I don't buy into that uh the notion that if I can talk about it in person, that'll make more money. Like some people, like if you can't define your unique, pro- nah, my unique selling propositions on the internet, you know, with headlines and sales letters. And um, so I just usually let that stuff um, do the talking for me. My favorite explanation I've ever heard was um, someone. Uh, so Vishen Lakiani is the founder of Mind Valley, and he was a, he, he was a closer friend a while back, and now we just kind of briefly talk about it once in a while. And he was pretty cool. You know, he was, he said, he talked to a guy. He's like, so what do you do? And he's like, well, I help scale companies from 10 million to 50. That was it. One and done. 
And of course, Vision was like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. And um, he's like, well, if you're playing chess, would you rather be the king or the queen? And he's like, oh, the king. And he goes, I'd help you become the board. Oh. <laughs> so I think if you're able to explain things in that way, I, I do yeah. think, it, I think, you know, I'm kind of full of crap when I say, because I think it could make you quite a bit of money. And if I, if I was following his explanation, I'd say, you know, I help people quit their jobs and build businesses and build million dollar businesses or something like this. Right. Right. It's a tough question even for me. Yeah. Uh, which maybe that means there's a good, um, a good opportunity for a product or service there to <laughs> help people introduce themselves in a, in a sentence or I'm two. Sure it's out there. Yeah. After that guy said, I help companies go from 10 to 50 million. I was like, yeah, that's really good. I gotta, I gotta help that. I gotta, it depends. I mean, if I was, if I was, if I had paperless pipeline, which is if I, well, I have that, if I was working in that, I'd say, you know, I own a transaction management company that helps offices go paperless, you know, increase their office profitability, et cetera, et cetera. But with three, yeah. or, with three or four companies, it's a little bit more of a challenge. And it kind of depends on who you're talking to as well, because if you're, you know, if you're around a bunch of construction workers and you say, oh, I help businesses go from 10 to 50 million. They're like, yeah, you can leave or <laughs> we don't want you around, you know, but, you know, if I'm around podcasters, I say, well, I'm a podcaster and high performance coach, you know, or something like that. But Simon Sinek would probably have something for us to say too. Start with your why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, it's all... I feel I've failed at answering this question to the I don't degree. think so. We've okay. just explored another rabbit hole, right? <laughs> uh, it's not it's not an area where I put my mental energy because because my mental energy isn't trying to say what I do in a sentence that draws people in because I might have 15 sentences that I put on a headline that are all split tested that then I pick the winner. Um, my energy is invested in listening and creating and that takes up so much mental bandwidth that that might actually be what i would say because that would be really because you know i really struggle to articulate what i do but i tell you what i do on a day-to-day -day basis is i listen deeply to people and make sure they get what they need you know that that might be cool um if i'm looking to create connection with someone like it's, it's it'll it'll change um but in terms of where I invest my mental energy is I'm very protective about where I, where I put it. And so I put it in things that I um, get the most pleasure out of and learning how to introduce myself at a, at a networking event is don't go to networking events. <laughs> like yeah. you don't, don't go to networking events. What you want to do is you want to get set up a system that grows your business for you. So you never have to talk about yourself. Hmm. That's, I like that. Cause that's what I've got going on. Yeah. That's very cool. Then you're, you're not needy and you're like not going out trying to sell yourself cause you don't need to, cause you've got a system selling yourself for you. Yeah. I like that. And the internet makes it possible. How do you measure your, you know, whether you're, you just mentioned something and, um, measure how your, your, what's giving you pleasure, right? Cause that's what you were talking about. You, you invest your energy now in things that give you pleasure. When did I say that? That's great. I think just a few minutes ago. Just, just oh, right. Where I invest ago. my mental energy. Yeah. Well, I don't really, it's a good, you asked me really good questions. I've, I probably, I probably making up an answer. I don't really know. 
<laughs> it's fair. <laughs> it's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. What was um, what's behind the question? Helping myself and, and the listeners understand like how they can do it as well. Because, you know, and I think this is a topic we've just touched on many times in this conversation is like people get into that restless mindset of doing what they think they should do because it's the next thing to do or doing what somebody else has told them to do because they're their coach or they look up to that person or whatever instead of finding their own, uh, listening to themselves and finding, you know, what really gives them pleasure, prioritizing their own happiness. Um, so I asked myself the question that is, when will I find freedom? And I asked it with both eyes wide open. And the answer that came for me was when I am honest with myself to the core. And nobody's going to care about how you feel more than you do. And nobody's going to care more about how I feel more than me. And so that means that I should be very alert, very selfish, and very conscious of how I'm feeling and making sure that I'm enjoying every single moment that I'm alive. And that's a very powerful frame. You know, if I'm watching a movie and I'm in a beanbag, for example, and I notice my body's actually a little stressed because it's not in the most comfortable position on the beanbag, that's only harming me. So I get situated in the beanbag so I'm completely at rest. And if you watch the next time you're watching TV, you're watching a video, or even listening to my voice, is your body completely at rest right now? For most of us, no. Most of our bodies are stressed and strained and you, you're harming yourself. We are harming ourselves, I think, and, and I'm harming myself. And so I think it's really important, really so important to make sure you're enjoying every moment um, because how do we know we are or aren't unless we can feel that enjoyment. And for me, pleasure has been a very difficult, um, difficult experience. Like with, like if I have like, oops, if I have the guitar and I just, just, you know, I get really, I get really busy with it. Or I just take the chord and, and just, feel the vibration of the pleasure, you know, and then I just, I feel that. And then, and then I, where my body wants to go is. And I'm, and like parts of me that want to impress you are trying to track that, but also what I'm, what I'm more, more, more ever is like, you know, what would give me pleasure but singing now and playing my soulful out? And what can I do but honor the voice within? 
So I play to feel good and settle my soul down. Something, you know, and I try to do that as a nourish, but like when I say I struggle with pleasure, like I can feel my belly block it. Um, and if I open, if I open the belly more and I play, and, th and this happens, this is the same in business. I'll relate this to business in a second. If I, if I open my belly and uh, sing with more joy, and if I play, I can say that I am here, but I long to see who I can really be. So I open to love. No, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was enjoying that, man. Oh, you were? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, it's great. Blows yeah, me yeah. I was, as you were playing, I was like uh, thinking of like titles for the podcast. Like what, what, what really? the title is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That was good. Well, that's nice that you enjoy because there's a moment that I let my belly up to enjoy. And to even know that like my belly's blocking joy is, or pleasure is, is like kind of a miracle moment in the first place. Um, so in terms of... Um, how we choose to spend our time. It's very, very, very important that we see that we are a hundred percent at choice with how we're spending our time. And if any part of you doesn't feel like it's at choice, like you've got a circumstance against you or a situation like you're, you know, you're a father with three kids and things like that. Those are incredibly real situations. Like if you're in a situation where it feels like, no, you can't do what you want. I would say yes. And with all the love I could muster, I would say you are accepting a limitation. And, and why not ask the question, how can I really have everything that I want? So that you see that maybe if you're fighting it, fighting to stay in a limitation, like that's what I've been doing a lot of my life. It's like, I, like I'll fight to keep my problems because it can be really scary to accept that we could have everything that we want. And um, somewhere out there, there's a father of three kids who is leaving his job right now for a, successful business that he started and they exist and they're everywhere. Uh, why not you? If that's you. Um, but yeah, please, um, please make sure you're enjoying yourself. I love that, man. I, I think that's a really great, great spot to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> uh, we, uh, talked about, um, something really powerful and amazing. And we didn't touch on any of the notes that I had in, in the show, but that's okay. We went with uh, what felt right. And I think that's a really powerful lesson that a lot of people um, would get a lot of value from hearing. I'm curious, would you want to actually pay $1,500 for that product? 
Um, possibly, yeah. I'd be interested in learning more. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What else would you want to know or learn? I mean, just because people could hear a potential sale, and and also, you just say no, and I don't want it, and I'm just trying to be nice. You could say no, and I'm like, okay, cool, because then I would be listening to you. Yeah. Um. So, part of my answer in that process came from because we we create. In our business, we create like similar type of products for high performance, for productivity, for focus, mm -hmm. uh, help people get into flow state. And that's what we work on a regular basis. And so uh, we work with on a regular basis. And so um, when I thought of that, I thought of um, a couple of things. I thought of um, the type of content that I'm familiar uh, with that you have created in the past and the value of learning from somebody of your statue. And I would, I would put that a price tag of around $1,500 of, um, um, of learning those habits from you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's where I put that. So, um, um, if you were to pull, if you were to create a product like that and then, you know, uh, give me the option right at the moment, I would, or, uh, if you were to offer me the deal right now, I would say no, only because um, I work on that stuff all the time. And right now I have priorities and commitments towards um, things that are focused on different areas at the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. So hearing that, like I wouldn't say this normally, but so like hearing that I noticed sadness. And, and so what I do is I would just, I would be with that. And really try to accept the sadness and be like, oh, damn, we had a chance to connect on this and it's now gone. And there's a little bit of sadness there. And that I think it happens for a lot of people um, where they're not so sad they didn't make the sale. They're sad that the connection can't really happen, but they misinterpret that, that it's the sale. Um, but So that's on a subtle level and that's hard to feel, but acceptable. Then what I go to next is I was like, so um, this is why it's really important to try to go for the sale and see, oh, is it really a problem that you'd pay to solve or not? And so it sounds like it's not a problem you'd pay to solve, um, which is why you want to always go out of theory and really see if you could get the, the dollar amount. Because now this is something that, is one of those very sneaky, tricky ideas that like, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to help people not check their email in the morning and have, and someone's even saying they're going to pay for it. But actually the, the, the thing that's missing to get them to pay is not there. And so this is a, this is a road that could be very dangerous because I could have gone down that road and even made that. But so now what I could do is I could talk to, does anybody else want help in not answering their email first thing in the morning? Like I'd go out on Facebook and I'd see, and I'd see if I'd get people to say yes and actually, actually pay. Because yeah. it might be one of those things that just sounds like such a great idea for a product, but no one ever actually really wants to pay for it. Right. And that's the, that's the uh, old theme of, you know, ask for the sale, ask for the clothes to make sure it's a good idea. You know, people don't, People say they will, will will buy it, but until they actually buy it, the validation is isn't there, right? Do you know um, what has you saying no? Uh, well, I'm like right now. I'm 
investing a, a, a significant amount, like a five-figure amount into the business. And so that's the main focus right now. Also, my three focuses for this year, one, um, I'm, I'm really good at habits, um, but my focuses this year are grow the podcast um, and uh, build courses and grow courses. So actually all the content that I consume is based on that. So I've deleted any podcasts that I have or any email lists that aren't around like growing a podcast and, and selling courses. And so anything that comes across my plate right now for 2020, um, unless it's directly related to that, uh, which this could be indirectly, but not, not spot on, not hell. Yeah. Like this is the right. thing that's going to, right. Then, then I just say no and I take a pass. Yeah. And you're, you're the king of, of that. So it's not relevant. It's not really irrelevant. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the trigger of relevance. Um, that's good. I, I wouldn't, I may or may not ask that on a typical call. Usually I'm like, you want it or you don't. And I'm usually good, but for people listening, you can see it's not personal. Like there might be parts of me that want to make it personal. I'm like, oh no, I really want this. Once you have this, and by the way, um, the um, you guys can get a pre-order of the book um, at start startfromzero.com. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you go to startfromzero.com, you get a pre-order of the book and learn all this stuff in more of a deep way. Startfromzero.com, check out the book. Um, and if um, uh, Chris, I'm blanking. What's the name of your podcast right now? I'm blanking on it. Okay, so if you guys go to startfromzero.com forward slash method, I'll set up a special URL just for your listeners to even get a book excerpt for free. And no email capture required, nothing like that. Just read the excerpt. If you like the excerpt, get the book. Because I don't want you to buy the book unless you'll read it. So if you like, if you like the excerpt and you think you'll read the book, then get it. Startfromzero.com forward slash method. So, um, but I want you guys to know that business isn't personal. Like, it's not personal if, if Chris wants to buy this. It's just not relevant to where he's at. Now I go and try and my unconscious parts of my unconscious try to make it personal, but it's not. If he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it. I don't get to decide if Chris wants it because I, like I said, we don't get to decide what works. So this is a real, real um, uh, important embodiment of it. Um, and, you know, it's really important to be honest about the product because I'm not even sure, I'm, I'm not sure if the product would ever be relevant for you. Um, at this stage in my life, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. 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 And, and like, I feel a significant loss, um, when you say that, cause I'm scared to go out and sell this to other people. So because I'm scared to go out and sell this to other people, you could be my blanket of comfort. If you said, yes, I'm like, okay, I've got my customer. I don't have to risk anything. I don't have to go talk to anybody. So my scarcity would like cling on to you. But since I notice all this and I can articulate it, it's not going to stop me. I go out and talk to the people that's fine. But these are the things I'm trying to feel and articulate for other folks. But where I think I stand with this is, um, well, actually, I'm curious before we wrap. I mean, um, if you tell me, like, where is the breakdown between saying I'd pay $1,500 and actually I wouldn't pay anything at all? And be brutally honest. What do you mean the the breakdown? Why would you say you'd pay $1,500 and then actually not want to pay anything at all? So what, what, what made me say, uh, 1500 was, um, what came up for me was, um, the, uh, 
how you positioned it, the ability to, I think you said something along the lines of reprogramming your mind. So it's, you have no effort whatsoever to check your email Mm. ever again. And my thought was that can overlap into many other areas of my life. If we learn the process of reprogramming your mind, so everything else comes easier for me, that's a $1,500 sale at least, at least. Um, if people aren't investing that much into something like that, because I've paid thousands and thousands on courses mm-hmm. and, and seminars and stuff where you learn that stuff. If you're not willing to invest like 1500 bucks, you know, in something like that, then like, uh, I don't know, you're, you're, I think personally, like you're, you're going to be challenged in many, many areas of life, of your life, um, because that. I mean, to reprogram your mind like that and know a process how to do that on a regular basis is really, um, uh, it's worth at least 1500 It's worth much more than that. It'll change your life, you know. So um, that's where the initial 1500 came up for me. But Yeah, so just for people listening, because um, this is a very subtle, this is subtle realm where people can get smoked. Like, so why say 1500 and then actually not even want to pay any for it. Would you pay $5 for it? I would, but I, I couldn't say that I would use it right now in my life or um, because I've invested a lot of money into those areas before of reprogramming your mind, of working on stuff like that. Um, and again, because my two focuses right now are on growing the courses. So let me, let me, let me pause it like good. So I think it's this. So um, 1500 is the value you place on it you would buy it. Um, it's not relevant to where you are right now. Um, I guess it just seems like something is missing. I would pay, I would easily pay 1500 if I was in a different position, different area, different time in my life. If it was okay. five, five years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago, probably even like, there's yeah. just this, there's this weird thing with price where, um, or purchases. And I think that's, I think that's all it is, is just relevancy, um, timing and relevancy. And maybe that's where I'm struggling to hear you and where I'm struggling to listen. And as I say that, I've, I'm sort of noticing my body relaxing. It's timing and relevancy. Because um, in my mind, it's like, no, you should want this now. And that is such a, a violation of rapport with you because that's not where you're at. And so that's me not listening. And so I'm trying to force this. You should want this, dude. You're stupid for not wanting this. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's the things that us business owners will say to customers when they don't buy. But that's our, un- that's my unconscious arrogance, not listening. So you see like this listening game, like can make you, can keep you very healthy and happy and, and well, happy, like happiness is a different topic, but it can keep you very healthy and, and, and like true to, um, your customer. So anyway, okay, cool. That's, that's, uh, that's really sweet that I think we did this on the show. And I'm curious, yeah. curious, you'll have to tell me what, what your, what your listeners think about this. Say about it. Yeah. yeah, I definitely will. And feel free to say hi to me and, you know, start from zero.com for us method. You'll find a way to reach okay. out and let me know what you think of the book excerpt. Um, and thanks for giving me a voice on your podcast. Dude, it's uh, it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, I've I've seen your stuff for years now, and it's great to have um, a fellow entrepreneur, um, creator, um, you know, a person that's wants to be authentic and open up and, and share all the good stuff about personal growth and all. 
all the uh, life lessons that we can have. But I think this has been really valuable. I think the listeners will really enjoy this. And um, I look forward to the book and the products that come out of it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dane, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. Any, any final words you'd like to say before we wrap up? Was there any points of the call where you felt um, uncomfortable that I put you in an uncomfortable situation or anything? Uh, no, not really. For the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm used to working and digging through stuff like that. So okay, it's great. been all great. And I enjoyed the music too. I really did. I was like, yeah, I was digging it. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Thank you. I'll, I'll remember that. You're the first time, you know, we're, we're around 400 episodes and you're the first time anybody's played music on it, on our podcast. Cool. So again, thank you so much, Dane. Uh, we'll let you know when we go live and listeners, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.